This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 278 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Sam for the win. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Kentucky Performance Products, EasySignsOnline.com, and Equisketch. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hail or hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. This is Glenn the Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Oh, Helena, I do not miss the days when we used to live by you up in Massachusetts and the snow was coming down <laughs> and the ice buckets and the ice feet and the ice everything. <laughs> the ice feet? Yeah, well, you know how your horses get the big clumps of ice in their feet. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, well, it's December 10th. We're recording on December 10th. The show will be out a couple of days later. Um, but as we're taping, it is snowing. Big flakes. <laughs> now, you guys had a ton of snow last year. I mean, you had what seemed like endless storms last year. Whether it was I, endless. And feet of snow. Now, are you more prepared this year? Have you prepared yourself better this year than last year? <laughs> last year, let, let's, just, let's just talk for a second about last year. Last December was fine. It was, and even January, it was February, March, and April that killed me. And we had a series of snowstorms, blizzards, that, that left us with, like four feet of snow on the ground. You know, my barn is about, I don't know, 100 feet, 120 feet from the house. It's not that far. And I had one heck of a time managing two horses and a pony with all that snow. Not a lot, not a lot to do. Everything froze. And I mean, now mind you, I have hot water <laughs> in, the, in the barn. I have, it's, it's closed up pretty tight. Like it was brutal. And But we do lose power because we live here at the end of the earth. So I would fill up the big Rubbermaid garbage pails with water so that I could give my horses water, you know. But not thinking that I had to shovel a path from my house to the barn. Yeah. <laughs> or you so had I, to, like, crawl over the tops of the drifts. One or the other. You're not crawling over the top of the drifts. That is not a joke. <laughs> no. So anyway, and especially in horse farms because we have so much open space. It, yep. There's plenty of room for the wind to kick up and make four-foot snow drifts into 12 foot snow drifts anyway and you're only like five feet tall so you get lost in the four foot snow drifts i'm a little bit just your little head sticking out i'm a little (laughs) taller than five feet but i will say i have the perfect i came up with the best idea for surviving the winter here you bought a great big heater that heats the whole farm i'm gonna board my horse Well, there you go. That'll solve the problem. <laughs> yep. As of January 1st, we're going to be boarding up the street at a nice little facility with an indoor. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I'm not kidding. Yeah. 
You're down to one horse, right? And a baby. I'm down to one horse. Yep, the pony was sold, and unfortunately, Zeke passed away. Right. But it was it was his time. He was 112 years old, and um, so we're just left with Brody. So Brody's going on a field trip, huh? He's going to go to camp. He's going to go to winter pony camp and hang out with some friends. He's he's lonely. I mean, he's he's perfectly fine by himself. (laughs) I don't say perfectly fine. He's fine. By himself. He loves human attention, but yeah, he needs the company of other horses. And I don't have one yet. So I think he'll have a good time up at Winter Pony Camp. Uh huh. I, I hear the excuses. Oh, what? because Helena doesn't want to take care of a horse in the freezing cold. Is he going to come home right when the temperature gets above, uh, above 50? He's going to come home as soon as my field is rideable. That's the question. I'm just checking on you. 50? I know. I'm thinking like 75. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I we're just gonna much. do. We're gonna do just three months of the winter, and you know, keep him lightly fit and have fun. That's gonna be weird out your backyard, not having a horse out there. I know. I'm a little sad about that part. Yeah, I mean, it is. I know. I know. You're just like Jennifer. You get up every morning, you get your coffee, and you look out the back at the horses. Yeah, and he's and Brody's always standing at the fence because I I can look out my back door and see the eastern edge of my barnyard. And there's a fence there and a gate. And, of course, he's always, like, hanging his head over, waiting for me to come out the back door. It's really cute. I've been the same way since I had my pony. Because now I can see my pony right outside my wind- office window here. So, And does uh, he look for you? Does he give you that long, Oh, yeah. And if he sees look? us first thing in the morning, he's one of those screamers. You know, he screams for his food. Oh. So anytime he sees you around dinner time, he does his little top-of-his-lungs pony scream. He's a screamer. So, yeah, he's a screamer. He, he will tell you. And then he's a talker. When you bring his grain out to him, you open his gate, and he does this little chitter-chatter. And he talks the entire time until that that grain gets in his bucket in the field. He really? will yeah, he does this little chitter. It's not a whinny. It's it's just this little chitter chatter. It's a and he talks the entire way over to your bucket to the bucket and then he sticks his nose in it and he throws it. Just oh, he to gets tell so you, excited. Yeah, he just tells you where the bucket is and where you're supposed to put it. He points to the bucket. Oh my god, that's yeah. so cute. Yeah, he is cute. I mean, it's cute when he's, you know, 25 pounds, right? But uh you know, he is cute. And yesterday he gave it all up because now I know this excuse that I'm sick and I can't and I, you know, I'm skinny and you can't work me hard because yesterday he was racing around with Beaker in the paddock at about 110 miles an hour. He was flying around, kicking and bucking and carrying on and picking on Beaker. He just was going crazy around the paddock. I, I was afraid he was going to hit a tree or a, the fence. He yeah. was just flying. I mean, and he has the boy, when he trots at speed, he has a beautiful trot. Jeez, I hope he has that in the cart because uh, he has a beautiful, pretty trot. He has, definitely has a hackney trot. I love that you have a pony again. I, I know. love that you have a pony again. I know. Again. It's so much fun to watch him. And, uh, you know, and the, my cart's supposed to be in. It was ordered, and it's supposed to be in by the end of the year. So I got another couple of weeks it should be here. Oh, my God. It's going to be so special. Yeah. yeah and and it, it's so funny because because the guy who's building the cart, because I ordered custom colors. Of he course said, you did. What uh, colors did you get? You know, Fry Carriage. Very nice people over there. I got the cart. It's a metal cart. Uh, it's, it's very adjustable. It's actually made for off-road. Um, and you, you could use it like in a marathon course and stuff, and okay. it's very adjustable and everything. And uh, but it's made for his size pony, and I got it in this sort of uh, metallic blue with yellow wheels. 
Wow. <laughs> it's going to make a statement. It's like a circus cart. It's going to be like a circus <laughs> cart. And and because it's going to have the yellow wheels, we are going to get a yellow harness pad, you know, the for the for the for where the tree of the harness is. So yeah. we're going to get a yellow harness pad, and we're going to get him ye- little yellow boots to wear. Does he look good in yellow? He's a bay, right? Is he a blood he, bay? He's a, he's a dark, you know, sort of a dark bay. A dark um, bay. Yeah, and, he, and he's going to have a yellow reins. Yellow driving reins. How does Jennifer feel about this? <laughs> oh, she found the yellow driving reins. She okay. actually found them online. She thinks well, it's just really because cool. she found them for you doesn't mean she would He's choose. Be spiffy. Well, let me tell you, people will won't miss us coming down the road. That's for I sure. I know. I know. And if you if it is an off roading type of cart, you know, you could go into the woods. You yeah, he's get gonna lost. Look, he's gonna look pretty cool. I think he's gonna look really spiffy <laughs> and all his bright yellow. <laughs> You know, we had about a thousand colors to pick from uh, when you when you have it, and they'll paint it whatever color you want. So we found this. I said, I just, you know, it was boring black, most of them. Like, you know, boring black is not us. So uh, it's definitely not me. So that's why I came up with the metallic blue with the yellow wheels. Very you give a whole new meaning to the phrase <laughs> "my ride." Well, yes, exactly, exactly. And, and it was funny because when he wrote to me and said the cart would be ready in a couple of weeks, he said, "He said, you know, I painted a lot of carts. I can't wait to see this one." And this is the guy building the carts. <laughs> oh, it's so Glenn, so Glenn the geek. You know, either we're going to get it and it's going to be really cool, or we're going to get it. And we go, what the heck did we do? I yeah. don't know. It would be one or the other. But I got to give a shout out to Fry Carriage Company. They are terrific to work with and make uh, unbelievable. Carriages. They're out of, out of uh, I believe, Mich- Michigan or Wisconsin, up, up in the north there. Oh. Yep. So we love them. Todd Fry, give him a shout out too, because he's been really good about going through this whole ordering process with me who doesn't know anything. So he's been really good about it. <clears throat> they, they do some beautiful work. Well, I'm sorry you're dealing with winter up there. And uh, I feel bad. It's 85 here. Um, and we are in shorts. Matter of fact, we're having a kind of a heat wave. We've set some record-breaking heat temperatures, which, considering the rest, the whole rest of the country is like below zero, uh, we we've been very hot. And, and so, you know, the horses that are coming down here from the north that are all arriving right now in Florida are needing clipped because they're they're getting here and going, oh my god. <laughs> so, <laughs> They're dying. Is that typical for this time of year? So it's December. No, right it's here. it's hot. It it's is hot. hot right now. Yeah, it's been eighty-five to ninety. So it's what do they call that? It's unseasonably warm. Yeah, it's unseasonably warm. You know, I pity the poor weather guys on TV down here because unless there's a hurricane, there's not much for them to talk about. It's going to be sixty degrees at night and eighty during the day, and that's pretty much it. That's all they have to talk about <laughs> every yeah. day. Yeah, you guys put, don't really have weather. No, it rains. You know, we have a rainy season in the summer. It'll rain every day, but that's pretty predictable too. It's going to be from three to five o'clock. It's going to rain, and you know, it's going to rain every day. So. You know, so if this, they mess it up, they're in big. If they yeah, mess up the, the forecast, right. they're in big trouble. That's right. You know, we'll occasionally have thunderstorms and you know lightning and tornado warnings and stuff, but that doesn't even happen as much as it does in the Midwest. Right. So, so yeah, being a weatherman, down, I think if I think it, when you're starting out and you're making like twenty thousand dollars a year, you start out in Florida because when are we going to mess up, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> it's a it's a good entry level state. That's right. For other people, you don't get to go to like Kansas and Missouri and all of those states that get the the really bad weather, you know, until you're experienced. Well, you know, yeah. I, I, it would be or interesting to see to do a comparison. Yeah, yeah. Like, like who's got the best? Who's got the not craziest weather, but who's got the most unpredictable weather? Would it be the Midwest? Would it be the Northeast? 
You guys get your share of weather up there. <laughs> we do. Well, we we want to know if it's going to rain. You know what it is? Can, We're dramatic. Yeah, that's okay? true. But you're dramatic about everything in New England. So. Exactly. We're dramatic about everything. So if it rains. Driving, like, road when rage. To, when I used to commute in, I lived just west of Boston, okay? And I would commute east to, to work. And there was literally traffic. There was traffic from sun the sun glare. It would like create traffic yep. because of the sun. I'm like, hello, people. <laughs> and then if it rained or if there were clouds, everybody had to slow down because there were clouds. Oh, I remember living in. I remember the one day we lived at. By the way, we do have a show we're going to get to in just a second here. Eventually. Uh, but uh, I remember one day Jennifer was at work and we were when we were living in Plymouth, Massachusetts. And uh, and she it was snow. It started snowing around noon and it was supposed to be a bad snowstorm. So. She thought, well, she'll come home early. She lived 10 miles to our house from work, and it took her 10 hours because everybody left work early, and the roads were just totally totally backed up. And the snow was, you know, it wasn't even that bad, but everybody left at the same time, and that was it. Traffic was stopped. Yeah. So we don't miss well. that, by the way. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> we do have a show coming up today. We have uh, Jody Werner of Misfit Designs is back with uh, she's of dear Murray fame, and Murray has another question he's dealing with that's weather appropriate, I might say. And then we have one of the best drivers in the United States, Ms. D. Wrigley Miller, is going to be on with us. She's a world champion and uh, champion, a United States champion, and many, many times over. And one of her horses is in the final running. Her horse named Sam is in the final running for USEF Horse of the Year. So we're going to have her on, and we're going to talk to her about her horse. You know, there was a driving horse. One of uh, Chester Weber's horses uh, was uh, nominated as Horse of the Year several years ago, but you don't see that in driving too often. No, okay. I, I'm, you know me. I know nothing about anything. <laughs> well, and we're going to talk. That's why we're having her on. We're going to find out why her horse is up for nomination and what spectacular things Sam did this year. Yeah. To have a driving horse, though, that much I, I do know. To have a driving horse nominated is kind of rare. It's kind of rare. And, you know, Misty's a wonderful lady and, and very good for the sports, is, is a big supporter of the sport and, you know, spends her time uh, driving. She also does coaches. And uh, I'll post a picture on our show notes page at stablescoop.com of her with her beautiful four-in-hand horses driving one of her coaches. And I think this was at the Kentucky Horse Park or Indoor Arena. And she, she goes in what's called coaching classes. And coaches are the big ones that you see in the old movies with uh, that are you know, they're sort of stagecoach looking, but very fancy. Royalty uses them, and, and there's always lots of people sitting on top of the coach. Uh, so those coaches are always pulled by foreign hands. Uh, so there are very few of those left in the world. Uh, coaches run anywhere from a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars now. If you want to buy one, wow! Yes. Can you get used ones? Yeah, you can get used ones, and there I don't know. There must be companies that are making new ones. I don't think there are too many. Uh, so most people have to buy them used and have them restored or something like that. But okay. yeah, we see him go at Martin's carriage auction for a hundred thousand plus uh, for for a full size coach. They make pony coaches too, which are just smaller in scale. But they make uh, pony coaches. Okay, yeah. so we can talk to her about all of this and about coaching and and all of that and what it's like to sit about twenty feet in the air driving four horses. So we'll uh, we'll get into all of that with Ms. D. And then you have a product that you're bringing to Tack and Habit this week. Yeah, something I've I own and have come to love. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, very good. Well, we'll get to all of that right after this word from Kentucky Performance Products. 
Regular listeners to the show know that we love Kentucky Performance products. And that's an easy thing to do because Kentucky Performance products stand behind their products and they believe in them. Your complete satisfaction is guaranteed. If you are unsatisfied with any of their products, they will gladly refund your money. Does your horse or pony get fat on air alone? Is he living in a dry lot or turned out with a muzzle? Can't feed him more than a handful of grain and some hay? Then you need microphase. Microphase is a great way to ensure your horse or pony gets all of the nutrients he needs to stay healthy without adding calories to his diet. Microphase contains the vitamins and trace minerals not found in grass or hay, and your horse will eat it right out of your hand. You can learn more about Microphase and all of the products from Kentucky Performance Products by visiting kppusa.com. That's kppusa.com. Check out Microphase. Well, next up, we have Jody Werner of Misfit Designs and of Dear Murray fame, and she is going to talk to us about one of Murray's questions that he handled recently. And uh, this is a regular segment that we do every month or so, and this one is very relevant to the season. Back, Jody Werner. How are you? Well, thank you. I'm doing great. How about you and Glenn? Well, Glenn's probably better than me. <laughs> <laughs> dealing with cold and snow. Actually, it's not bad. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. It sounds like complaining, but I'm not complaining. <laughs> it does kind of sound like that. But you know what? I'm especially happy because I do love your segment on our show, and I can't wait to hear what dear Murray's got in store for us today. Oh, well, wonderful. Well, today he's got a little bit of his unsolicited advice because there is stuff you need to know whether you want to ask about it or not. <laughs> So That's today, our whole life as Helene and I. That's all we do is give unsolicited advice. It's true. <laughs> so so well, we like Murray. We can relate. Today's is, is a, is a timely, timely subject, too. It's about body clipping, something that people are doing and probably wish they hadn't done with the recent cold snap. But um, so today's advice is on body clipping. And Murray says, we're starting to grow our winter coats, and soon you will be thinking of that you need to shave them off. I think I speak for all horses when I say that just because you can body clip us doesn't mean you should. For the love of heck, can you please get a little training before you attempt to shear us? <laughs> Find a YouTube tutorial or something. We don't like looking like we got in a fight with a weed whacker or having clipper tractors that are visible from outer space. Those cows next door aren't doing anything. Neither is the barn cat. Go practice on them. Come back when you know what you're doing. And unless your name is Picasso... Don't try clipping some cute design on our butts. It may look like art to you, but if you can only find three good distances out of eight in the hunter ring, your judgment is already suspect. <laughs> do, you, do you do that in your barn? Do, people, do, you, do you clip cute little designs into your horse's butt? Uh, you, you know, we didn't. Yeah. Uh, we actually just clipped our horses because it's 85 degrees here, and they had their winter coats, and they were really sweating during the day. So we, we gave them blanket clips, which you leave the top part on. And actually, we gave Beaker, Jennifer's horse, a racing stripe around the middle. Uh, and and uh, I got to say that this year we bought new clippers, and that helped do a good job clipping. When you have crappy clippers with crappy blades, your your clip job's going to come out awful. But it didn't come out bad. Now, we didn't do the little designs. I thought about it, but I knew it was going to be awful if I did it. So. Oh, and, and you know what else you should never, ever do? And I learned this the hard way. You should never go to your, your smart-ass trainer and say, I don't care how you clip them. I just don't want it to cost me anything. <laughs> Because I ended up with Murray having a cow print clip, 
one what he he you know like a happy california cow actually actually what what my trainer was what do you have big spots on him actually that kind of gives me an idea that's kind of (laughs) cool actually you know what he was going for do you i don't i don't know if, if either of you are old enough to remember this remember their little rascals tv show yeah and you remember that dog with like the bullseye around his eye? Petey. Petey. He had a Petey clip. They even did the bullseye around his eye. Oh <gasps> no! And of course, I left him like this with all winter because I thought it was just hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and on his Facebook page somewhere there is a picture of him with his cow print clip. So. Oh, I have to find it. If my OCD wasn't so bad, I probably would have left him that way. That's see, that's a balancing act. Something that's really funny. That competes with your OCD. <laughs> so you actually left him like that all winter. And, of course, he didn't mind, right? He didn't mind at all. He just kept looking at me like, why are you staring? <laughs> and it was, it was really funny to go riding around because you would just feel people staring at you. And I would just look back at him like I, I could probably no thought he had some disease. <laughs> so that was, that was the... Uh, the epitome you know what you, you know what he said about practicing. It is hard because unless you what what you know seriously, what do you practice on? You practice on your horse, right? I, I practice on a guy at Starbucks once who said, "Hey, you clip horses, <laughs> can you shave my head?" Man, it's harder than it looks. It is harder than it looks, and you know, I got. I will say though, a good clippers really made a difference. You they know, make they a really... difference, and a clean horse makes a difference too. If you have dirty yes. hair. It's, yes. not gonna, it's not going to come out well in anyone's favor. Yes. And count on it taking a lot of time. It seemed to take us a lot of time to clip our horses. I don't know if we were just slow or Your horses what. mind it? No. You know, we, we, we weren't sure about the little hackney, the little rescue hackney. We weren't sure how he was going to be because we'd never clipped him. And he's fine with brushing and everything. But you know what? He really liked when we did his neck and under his chest. He, his little lip was going. It was like a massage, you know? <laughs> Mm-hmm. No, he didn't complain at all. Like a yeah, I, you think it would. Do you ever clip, Helena? Have you ever clipped? Um, I'm going to have to clip this year, but um, I've never clipped. No, I've. I mean, I've been around it. You know, Jennifer had to clip quite a few horses in the in the um, fall hunting season, but personally, no. You, you will be amazed at the pile of hair you have when you're done. It will look like your horse just spontaneously combusted in the cross ties. <laughs> That's uh, true. That is true. I think I'm just going to do a Trey's clip, though. I mean, I'm not going to work him real hard. But last year was the first winter I went with my horse, and I did not blanket him because I wanted to see how his coat would naturally grow in and protect him. He can come in and out 24-7 as he wants. And I thought, well, he he grew a fairly decent coat. And then this year, it's actually coming in thicker and fluffier. So now I have to to clip him if I'm going to ride him in an indoor all winter. Oh, yeah. You just clip the areas where they, they sweat a lot, and that's good. Yeah. Now, it'll be a mess, hun- though. Trust me. It'll be a mess. In the hunter ring, is it, uh, is it expected that you have a clipped horse? I don't know. You know, out, it's so warm most of the year out here that everybody's horses are already clipped, so you rarely see one that doesn't have a clip. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, there's I look at the horses. Are- in, in December and January where there's not too much going on show-wise, but... Right after that, the big big shows down south at uh, Thermal start up, and everybody, of course, is always spit shine for those. Well, my pony's definitely going to need a second clip probably in January. His hair is growing so fast in the part we even clipped that uh, we think he's going to need a second one. 
I know. I, I always had the clip, oh, gosh, probably by the end of September or October because Marie just always grew more hair than he needed. But if, if I could wait till some point at the end of December, he was like through with the growing process and then it wouldn't all grow back by the time he needed, you know, so fast that he needed another one. But he always grew much more hair than he needed out here. He looked like a woolly mammoth. The face is the toughest part. That's tough. That is a tough part to do, just because all the nooks and crannies. Yeah, it looks like a really bad shave. You don't want them walking around with toilet paper stuck all over their face, <laughs> too, if you don't do a good job. <laughs> so we want to picture, Helena, after your first clip job, we want to picture. Oh, we, we, we do. We probably would like a video on the process, too. That oh. would probably be entertaining all on its own. Brody on his hind legs the entire time. Well, they'll make it easy to do his belly. Oh, my poor horse. No, you know what's going to happen? He'll stand there like a complete gentleman, and I will just butcher him. <laughs> I know what's going to happen. I, but you're right, Glenn. Getting a good blade is, the, yeah. is key to it. So You have to have fresh blades. There's just no other way. And no it. matter how tedious it is, do not resort to a can of Nair. That just doesn't work out well for anybody. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. I think I did that on my eyebrows once. <laughs> Oh, oh, God. oh something oh. like that. You know, you go to you go to do something in a big <laughs> Yeah, that's a story for another show. I got a big glob of nair on my eyebrows, like the left half of one eyebrow. It was beautiful. <laughs> I will not take nair to my horse. But I'm glad you mentioned it though, because Annette never shows up on a brunette when they make mistakes <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is great. Where can people find out more? And you have stuff for sale too, Murray does. Murray has merchandise, and it is on my Cafe Press store, which is at cafepress.com slash jlwdesigns. And as a matter of fact, from now till Christmas, uh, Murray has decided to donate part of my commission for any sales he's make to makes to a horse rescue. So if you're going to buy Christmas presents anyway and you also would like to help some horses in need, go buy something, and part of that will get donated to a local horse rescue here. And he has some great stuff. He has some uh, really neat Christmas, Dear Murray Christmas. And I love how he's always sticking his head out sideways. Uh, so, uh, there's, yeah, so there's some neat stuff on there. Just head on over to check it out. We'll also post links to it on our Stable Scoop show notes page for today's episode. Well, thank you, Jody. We appreciate you being with us again. We'll talk to you again next month. And happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And Murray Christmas to you, too. Well, right after this word from EasySignsOnline.com, we have one of the top drivers in the country with us, and now the world, Misty Wrigley-Miller, who is out of Kentucky. She does uh, combined driving, which is the which is like eventing, where it has the three phases, where it's dressage, uh, marathon, which is like cross-country, and then they do cones instead, because carriages don't do well jumping jumps, so mm-hmm. they have to go in between cones. But uh, <laughs> Don't do well jumping <laughs> no, jumps. No, they really don't. You're so diplomatic. <laughs> and uh, and I've gone over a, a log or two in my carriage, and it wasn't much fun. So uh, she's going to be honest. She also does pleasure driving and coaching. Coaching is, as we talked about earlier in the show, with the great big vehicles that are, are with foreign hands. So she's going to talk to us about her horse, Sam, who is up for the USCF, United States Equestrian Federation, Horse of the Year. <laughs> With Christmas season fast approaching, it's time to start planning a custom gift that will last for many years to come. Visit our friends at ezsignsonline.com 
and browse their unique website for their many custom sign options and styles. With affordable prices for customized signs starting at $39.95, your holiday gift giving just got easier. Their step-by-step online sign ordering process allows you to choose only the sign options you want and see all the pricing up front. From horse farm entrance signs, vinyl banners, magnetic vehicle signs to stall nameplates, and much, much more for every horse owner. They ship to every state in the U.S., so take advantage of an additional 10% off coupon to all Horse Radio Network listeners. Simply mention HRN13 when ordering. That's HRN13, a $75 order minimum for discount. Cannot be combined with other discounts or coupons. Free shipping also applies to most sign orders, so see the website for details. Place your order early to allow plenty of time for Christmas delivery. Check out the website today at ezsignsonline.com. That's ezsignsonline.com or call them at 1-800-640-8180. That's 1-800-640-8180. Well, hi, Ms. D, and welcome to the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Well, you know, it's so exciting to have you on. And, and as I understand it, your horse, Sam, is now up for like one of the four finalists for USEF Horse of the Year. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. I, I believe it's six finalists, but uh, oh, either six. way, okay. it's, a, it's a very small and elite group. <laughs> You know, a couple of years ago, Chester had one of his horses, was Horse of the Year, but having a driving horse in there is, is, not, is pretty rare. It is rare, um, especially um, like Chester's horse, Jamaica, and my horse, Sam, when they're not an individual horse. They actually have to work with other horses, and I think that's what makes them so outstanding, that, you know, they're not just working for themselves. They actually have to have the temperament and the courage to work um, with other horses and, and make not only himself outstanding, but make the rest of the team outstanding. That but, is a fabulous point. I never would have even considered that um, because that just, that like doubles the degree of difficulty. Yeah, it, it does. And um, I, I think what makes Sam's story so special is that um, he's not a combined driving specialist. Um he is actually part of my coaching team and one of four horses that, you know, coaching requires some athletic ability, but, um, you know, nothing like the extraordinary training that the, the combined driving horses have to go through. And um, I was actually home in July um, back in Lexington. I've been training in um, Frankfurt, Germany, and actually competed with him in a uh, carriage pleasure driving show and um, won the coaching championship. And when I got back to Germany, I found out that um, my dressage specialist was lame and was going to be out for the season. So I thought, oh, my gosh, this is, this is terrible. And the rest of my horses, um, although very talented, were are all very young. They were just six years old. And to go to the world championships with two six-year-olds was just really asking a lot of me and and of my horses. <laughs> and so, of the carriage, and of the... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, I asked Michael, I said, you know, Sam, I competed with Sam um, once in the spring, 
and uh, just to give my other horses a, a break. And so he happened to be qualified to go to the, the world championships, was really so incredibly lucky. And Michael said, oh, Misty, you know, he hasn't been in training. He's not, you know, in proper condition. It's only six weeks until the world championship. I, I don't know. And I said, well, look at all our, our alternatives. And I said, I, I know my horse. And I know that he will put forth his <laughs> greatest effort. So he said, okay, um, let's bring him over. So we put poor Sam um, on the airplane all by himself. I mean, not with a groom that he knew, not with other horses that he knew, <laughs> and flew him to Germany. And um, he didn't even have any time, any downtime really to rest because we had um, our first uh, competition as a U.S. team was in Riesenbeck, which was only uh, two weeks away. And um, it was a very important uh, competition, and then some of the top, top international pair drivers and their horses were there. So um, we went to work immediately. We put Sam with his new partner, and it was really going well, and Michael was going, oh, this is, this is, this is going to be okay, we think. And we're trying to up his conditioning and, you know, and, and get him to, you know, in the proper kind of work and, and play catch-up. And then another disaster <laughs> Um, the horse that we had him working with uh, sustained a minor injury, and this was a week before reason back. And we said, oh, okay. <laughs> so um, we put him with my least experienced horse, just a six-year-old who'd only been to two competitions before. And that required even more training. And I know that Sam had to be so exhausted and probably every muscle in his body hurt Um because it's like, you know, the, the two sports, coaching, carriage driving, and combined driving, it's like asking Tiger Woods to go out and take Peyton Manning's place. I mean, hmm. you know, uh, Tiger Woods is a great athlete, but it's a whole new set of skills and muscles and, and talent that you need. And we were asking Sam to, you know, to, to do it in double and triple time. And he came out to the training field every day, and sometimes we had to bring him out twice a day. And his ears were always up, and he always did exactly what we asked of him. And um, we went to Riesenbeck, and with this horse who was very, very inexperienced, and, and there's a lot of atmosphere at this particular competition. Um, so the six-year-old was just like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> what in the world is going on? And Sam somehow conveyed to him, he said, this is no big deal. Let's just, you know, let's just go in the ring and do it. And um, out of, I think there were 50 pairs competing, um, we ended up with the fifth best uh, dressage score overall, which was amazing against two former world champions. Um, So uh, that was, that was amazing with this with this young horse and to give and, everybody um, an idea for for anybody in the united states at the pair championships to come in in the top 10 is uh, is really good uh you know yeah yeah we're not usually winning that competition is what i'm saying um you're yes. exactly right Glenn. <laughs> the, the, unfortunately um the u.s is not particularly strong in in pair driving we're, we're working very hard to overcome that so um, we actually, the U.S. team at Riesenbeck, I think we finished up in, um, oh, I think we finished up in seventh, sixth or seventh place overall. 
and and we were such underdogs coming in. So we were, no, I think, uh, yeah, six or seven. So um, then it was time to get ready for the the world championships, and uh, we were able to get his normal partner, well, his, his, the horse he was originally scheduled to go with, um, he had recovered, and so we went into training for um, uh, for Topolchanky, Slovakia, where the world championships were held, and um, it, it was it was brutal um, training. I mean, there's no other way to say it. I mean, we had so much to accomplish to get ready to compete at the the world championships. I mean, we were driving dressage um, daily. We were practicing cones daily. I mean, it's the horses and drivers were, you know, we were all exhausted. But um, Sam just was such a trooper. He he kept going. Um, he, he never um, balked when we went out to the dressage field and, you know, and we had to do, you know, one combination of cones over and over and over again to make sure that the timing was right. He was like, come on, let's go. We can, we can do this. And I really think um, when the, the other team members um, would come out and train their horses, they would all look at Sam and go, oh, my gosh, this horse is amazing. And um, so we we all went to Slovakia, and, um, oh, gosh, I'll try and make a long story short. Um, we were definitely, the U.S. team was the, we were definitely the underdogs going in. Um, the Netherlands. Uh, put together a very, very strong team. The Germans, of course, are always very, very strong in driving. Um, the Austrians had a good team. Uh, the Hungarians were very, very strong. Um, the, the French team had some great, great drivers. And there were there were 21 teams, um, national teams, competing this year. It was the largest Paris World Championship they've they've ever had. And no one really thought much of the you know, the U.S. team, <laughs> to be honest with you. We were the definite underdogs. So um, uh, the first two uh, team members uh, drove their dressage chest um, on the, the first day and had had good scores, um, but there was really a lot of pressure on um, uh, myself and, and my two horses to put in a really, really top score. I mean, we, we had to score at the highest in the uh, low 40s, which is hard to do. And um, uh, I'm very proud to say that when we came out, we, we did exactly what we needed to do. We scored a 40, and um, that was fifth place out of 90-some pair combinations. So Sam, you know, the really... I think Sam gave all of us American drivers such the, the we can do this attitude. And that after that passage test, um, we all looked at each other and said, you know, we can do this. We, we really can do this. And um, we ended up, the U.S. team ended up in fourth place. And that was just five points shy of a bronze medal. And guys, I mean, it was, it was our part best U.S. team finish in decades, since 1993. How long have you had Sam? I mean, it sounds like he just sort of, he's a rock star, not only in how he performed (laughs) under all of this pressure, and obviously you appreciate him to no end. 
How did your relationship with him start? Um, let's see. I have had Sam for eight years. And he's. I've always had a very, very special relationship with Sam out of all of my, my coaching horses, which, of course, um, I, I have um, six uh, coaching horses. But he's always been the one that has just this incredible, incredible personality. He, um, he and I really share a special bond. And of the team, he's always the one that, um, if I if I need a super fancy horse in the the lead of the team, I can put him in the lead. Or um, if I need a real workhorse in the wheel, uh, you know, I say, okay, Sam, I, I need you to really pull the coach. And he and he does it. He's just the most willing. Um, horse with so much courage and so much heart, and I think that's really what this award is about. It's a um, an individual horse that shows um, personality and courage and determination, and you know these are things that we train every day, but we can't train that into a horse, and I, I think it really. Um, takes a, a special equine to do, well, especially what I asked Sam to do, something, you know, so, um, so difficult and, and in such a short time. I think it, it shows how special he really is. Now tell us, I know you have to run here. What, how can, I, you have to, I think it's down to USCF members voting now. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. You have to be a member of USCF and um, you can go to the USCF website um, when it's up. I don't think it's up yet, but all members of the USCF will receive um, uh, an email notification about who the horses of honor are, and they can go online and vote. Well, very good. Well, we hope that Sam, I hope that, you know, I, I'm partial because I'm a driver. I hope that Sam gets it. <laughs> <laughs> I've always, Thank you. <laughs> we're always, but we, he has an amazing story. Real quick, what kind of horse is he? Is he a Dutch warm blood or, or something like that? Yes, yes. Okay. He, yes, he is a uh, Dutch warm blood. I'm looking at his picture here, and he, he, that's, that's what I thought. Well, this yeah. is great, Ms. D. Congratulations on a, on a terrific year and, you know, really helping the United States not embarrass themselves this year. So that was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, far, far from embarrassing. The, the, team was, the team was really, really great. And that's um, so good because I know there's a lot of hardworking uh, drivers in the United States and, and that really do work hard and, and try and, and get out there and represent the United States well. So, and you're, you're leading that pack. So thank you, Ms. D, for doing that. And we appreciate you being on the show. Good luck to you and Sam. Great. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me. Glenn the Geek here. The life of horse person is hard enough, and we all hate doing the required paperwork, and unfortunately, many of us never get around to it, and it just piles up on our desk. That is about to change thanks to the Equisketch Records app for your iPhone or iPad. My wife and I use it to track our horses, and we absolutely love this thing. Equisketch Records is the most thorough and complete equestrian records app on the market today. We love this app because you can track your farrier work, your dental, your Coggins, medicines, worming, and so much more. And you can get reminders on your device when all of these things are due. You'll never forget a worming or shots or farrier visit again. But it not only tracks your horse, you can also manage your horse shows, including individual events. You can manage riders, including lessons and memberships, and so much more. 
And you can sync it between your iPhone and your iPad. And all of this for the price of a couple of cups of coffee from Starbucks. Search for EquiSketch Records in the iOS App Store or go to EquiSketch.com. That's E-Q-U-I-S-K-E-T-C-H.com. EquiSketch.com. Another great guest here on Stable Scoop. Gosh, makes me want to meet Sam in person. But that won't happen. (laughs) I'm just a little me. And he's a great big Sam. Who could be horse of the year. Uh, But you know what I can do? Talk about this week's Tech and Habits segment, which is sponsored by Sparkle and Boom. Sparkle & Boom is a new media marketing company. Our mission is to help small businesses add some sparkle to their marketing in order to get some boom in their bottom line. Our creativity, combined with an extensive background in the equestrian industry, makes us perfectly suited to help your business capture the potential of social media and the ever-changing World Wide Web. Visit us online at www.sparkleandboom.com. today's product. Would you like to hear about it, Glenn? Yes, I would. Okay. Well, it's not, you won't be very excited because it's not for boys. It's for girls. <sighs> yeah. It's for women. Well, and girls. And, um, you know, I am a little bit of a clothes horse. <laughs> Pun intended. Um, this is the understatement Carhartt- intended. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> it's a radio show. You're supposed to talk, but I want you to shut up. <laughs> Cause I'm going to talk about clothes. <laughs> Today's product is the Carhartt Ladies Sierra Jacket. No, wait a minute, wait a minute. Carhartt like the that make the overalls for guys? Yeah. Do they make women's stuff? They do. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's really cool. You mean we can't have one company to ourselves? You guys have no. to horn in on everything? No, yes. It's I hope clothing. it's a little better looking than the Carhartt uh, onesie I used to have. Oh, God, I know. Those are, I like those. <laughs> hey, you know They're what? They're tough. They're you, tough. You can wear Carhartt as long as you have like hot pink fingernails. If okay. You're a girl. You can wear anything <laughs> okay. Carhartt. But this now, okay, so this is a Carhartt jacket. It is Carhartt from beginning to end. It's it's a workhorse of a jacket. Um, it's called the Sandstone Sierra jacket. And sandstone refers to the type of canvas that it's made out of. It's um, a 12-ounce, 100% cotton sandstone duck fabric. So it's like a... It's a tough. Yeah, Uh, it's tough. And this particular jacket, it's a zip jacket with a hood and it's got um, the side, the angled pockets, but it's just like a seam, you know, it's not the outside pockets. It's just a seam. So you can put your hands in it. There's a name for it. And of course me, the clothes person doesn't know what you mean. I I can't think of it either. There's a name for it. Almost looks like it has a zipper. Um, It almost looks like it has a zipper, but it doesn't. It also has inside pockets and it's cut shorter than most Carhartt jackets. So for women, it actually falls like right at your hip bone. This one isn't frumpy. Most Carhartt stuff is frumpy. It's not super girly either. It's just cut for a woman's body. Right, which, right. So it fits you well, which means for me, it's, it's super functional. Because a lot of the Carhartt stuff, when you just take a men's version of a jacket and you put it on a woman in a smaller size, it's still bulky. 
And like, I always catch You would my swim in it. <laughs> I know. Well, even if I get like an extra small or something, I always catch the armpits on like the hose spigot or the fence post. <laughs> just, well, I'm a little bit of a klutz anyway. So this jacket has, um, and it's Sherpa lined and it's like a fleece. Sherpa's it's lined like a, by the guys who help you go up the mountain? No, I don't oh. know what Sherpa is. I don't I thought Sh- I thought Sherpas were the guys that helped you go up the mountain. It, uh... it, it is, but like those are the Sherpa people. <laughs> okay. There's there's Sherpa fleece, okay. and it's like that nubby, um, you know, I don't know if it's synthetic or if it's actually I don't know what Sherpa wool. is either. I actually don't know that I've ever heard that relationship to a material before. It's a man-made fiber that resembles the wool on a sheep. Oh, there well, there we you go. go. It's fake sheep fiber. It's fake sheep, sheep fiber. It's <laughs> high loft. Right. Okay, so that's what it is. Now that we know, this is good. Okay, so I look up Sherpa, and I get the people that live in the Paul's Eastern regions. So, <laughs> so That's Sherpa right people. One. You have to yes. type in Sherpa fleece. Okay. <laughs> okay. So anyway, so it, it is, it, it's a, a man-made fiber that resembles wool on a sheep. Although it says it's wool. That's a lot better than having the little guys in your jacket. Yeah. Fleece is hair from the sheep, goats, rabbits, and alpacas that's woven into textiles. So, okay, so what they do is they take, it looks like it's a mixture of fibers that come from sheep, goats, rabbits, and alpacas, and it's woven into a material that resembles the nubby wool on a sheep. So it looks like well, it's actually natural material. Anyway, looks like learned something new today. This stuff keeps you so warm. I can go out to the barn like now in a t-shirt with this jacket on, and I'm like, do 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 do. I'm good. I'm I'm comfortable. And let's see what else does it have. It has a hood. Um, it's got those little ribbed cuffs on the inside of the sleeves so that you're, you know, you don't get grain or hay or shavings in your arms, <laughs> in your sleeves. And it has the little rubbed, rubbed, ribbed. <laughs> you guys need to listen to the brooper reel of this episode because you'll see why I can't talk now. <laughs> um, the ribbed cuffs on the inside of the sleeves so you don't get debris inside the sleeves, you know, like hay gotcha. and shavings yep. and stuff like that. And, and it comes in cute colors like Merlot and Blue Dusk, Lavender, Pink, Light Pink, Hot Pink, all kinds of girly colors. And what's the price on this baby? Well, you know, I've seen the prices range um, from, well, typically you'll find it for about $89, but I actually found a really good website called Super Casuals, and they sell this one for $59.99. Oh, wow. That's a really good price for a car. Yeah. I know. Car so and anything. Yeah. Yeah. And this jacket is definitely worth, it's worth $89. I, this jacket's worth $100. Bucks. Um, so if you can get it for $59.99, that's a good deal. And we will put a link up to the store. That carries it for fifty nine ninety nine. Very good. Well, that's a great that's a great uh, uh, product for this time of the year and something a little bit different from Carhartt. Uh, and you know, I did love my Carhartt. I had the overalls and stuff when we lived in Pennsylvania, and we were doing all the farm work. It's just nothing better than those. I mean, yeah, you you can't beat them, and you can't destroy them. <laughs> What's the other thing? You can't beat them up. You you you're not going to have pullers in them. You're not going to have cuts in them. They're just tough. So if this thing's half as tough as those, then it's perfect for horse girls. Yep. Yeah. Well, very good. 
that's, uh, that is found at supercasuals.com, and we will have more great products for you in the weeks coming up. And we, if you missed our special uh, uh, product episode that we did with Equestrian Collections for the holidays, you can go back and take a listen to that at stablescoop.com or on our app. You just search in the iOS or Android app store for Horse Radio Network. It's free, it's easy to download, and it's a, one of the easiest ways to listen to our show, and lots of people are doing it that way now. Plus, you have a show. Tell us about this week's. Uh, tell us about this week's chasing a fox. I do have a show with my partner in crime, Sister Finn. Sissy and I catch up this week with a woman named Mia Woodford, who is the proprietor of a consignment shop that sells well, consignment um, used and some new fox hunting apparel, hunt coats, breeches, hats, and all kinds of appointments like hunt buttons and horns and flasks and stuff. Um, yeah, so we get the inside scoop on how to score some really nice um, hunting attire at, at great prices. She's based in London, but she ships all over the world. And we also talk about what ribbons on your horse's tail mean when you're out in the hunt field. There's all different colored ribbons, and we give a step-by-step on what those mean. I only know about the red ones, and that Jennifer used to tell me, if you see a red one, you don't want to walk back there. You don't so. want to walk back there, right. There's red, green, yellow, blue, white. Does green mean come up and kick me? Green means tune into the show and find out. Oh, darn. Okay. <laughs> I have to listen now because I only know about the red ones. So I, I didn't know that there were even different color ribbons. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. And well, we do have, um, if you follow Chasing a Fox on Facebook, great. <laughs> if you don't, go follow us because we're doing some holiday picks, some holiday gift picks. And we've got some really cool stuff going on there. And, of course, you can find that show on our app that I just talked about. You can also find it at horseradionetwork.com or chasingafox.com, any one of those. Well, that's it for this week. We, uh, we will be back next week with another terrific show. And I did have an email or two, uh, a Facebook post, people asking if we're going to be doing the all-host episode this year at Christmas week like we have, what, the last five years, Helena? Five We've years, done yeah. Yeah. Well, yes, we will. We're going to be recording that next week with all of the uh, full-time hosts here at the Horse Radio Network. So you'll have that look forward to Christmas week, and we'll put that out across all of the different shows. And that's always uh, it's always you think it sounds fun when you hear the show. It's fun to record that show. It is fun to record it. <laughs> we all because start we do it in the evening early. and everybody's drinking, right? Exactly. I think I'm going to do. Um, I think I'm going to do eggnog this year. I usually do some kind of like hot chocolate, you know, with something in it. But I'm going to go with the eggnog route. Spiked or unspiked? Spiked. Of course. <laughs> oh yeah! Now that I've discovered my inner booze hound. <laughs> <laughs> and just so you know, people, I'm good for one drink. Yeah, that's Maybe it. Yep, one that's... and a half. No matter what it is, that's about all I'm good for. And then I have to go back to my jugs of water. Jen- but, Jennifer's um, the same way because she gets sleepy. She's a sleepy drunk. So one glass of wine, that's it. <laughs> she's a sleepy drunk. Well, I don't, I, I stay away from wine now because, oh, because it does. It puts you to sleep. It does. It's very I'm like, sleepy. you know what? My life is tough enough. I want to be asleep at eight <laughs> o'clock anyway. I don't need wine to help me get there an hour earlier. Really? So... <laughs> So I started to dabble in other types of of um, spirits, uh, call them. Yes. And there are those that are more spirited than wine. <laughs> and that actually keep you awake. And taste kind of good. Well, Helena, that's it for this week. That is plenty. As always, there will be more next week. Until then, happy scooping. <laughs>